Hey there guys, welcome back to another episode of Success, Lifestyle and Laughter with myself, Coach Rob Latibodier and Emma Hyman, the Posing Pro. We give you actionable steps in order to supercharge your life, whether it be in your business, sporting world, private life or relationships, you will get all of that in this podcast. We bring you lots of interesting, actionable content and interviews without the BS. So if you're looking for inspiration, motivation, and a bit of fun, this is the place to be. Hi, guys, and welcome back to another episode with um, myself and Rob Latte. Hey, guys, how are you all doing? Super excited to be here again this week. And we've got a great guest this week. We've got an awesome guest today. Um, I'd like to welcome Dr. Afan onto the show with us. Welcome. Hi, everyone. Thank you very much for the kind welcome, uh, Emma and Rob. That's very kind of you. Thank you. My pleasure. So we're going to get straight into it, Afan. So what we're going to do is, to begin with, we're going to start with a quick fire round, which is basically where we're going to ask you five questions. You need to answer those questions with um, within two minutes. And it just it. gives us a chance to get a little bit of info on you and just to get the ball rolling. Have a bit of fun with Have it. Have a little bit of fun. Have a little Let's bit do of fun. it. I'm up for some fun. Super. So first question is, you are given some plane tickets. Where do you go in the world? Anywhere in the world, money is no option. Plane tickets, where do you go? I would like to go to, um, I think, France. I want to go and see some museums. I want to see some oil paintings. Oh, interesting. interesting. Anywhere in the world and he's only nipping over to France. Just popping over to France. (laughs) I should have picked Australia. (laughs) All right. So, yeah, well-traveled. Amazing. Second question. So, when you get in your car, Afan, what's your go-to music? Go-to music? Um, R&B, something new, something quick. Um, I used to listen to a lot of classical, and then and now I've completely changed. Oh, awesome. interesting. Eclectic. Mix. Eclectic, yes. Okay, so can you describe yourself in three to five words? Um, perfectionist, organised, um, kind. Love it. Like that. Like it. Okay. So who's been the biggest influence in your life, Afan, and why? I guess the biggest influence for me uh, was, I, I'm guessing, my family growing up. My mum and dad were always very keen and passionate about uh, education. My dad valued education a lot. Um, he comes from a background where education wasn't the biggest thing for his family. And um, they had a lot of money. They had a lot of wealth. But um, he didn't really get forced into going down the educational route. So for me personally, I remember even as a five-year-old, just my dad saying to me all the time, go and study, go and study, go and study. If you need to be someone, you've got to study. And uh, that's basically where I get my work ethic, my passion for going and learning a lot more from. So I'd say my dad. Amazing. Awesome. That's in, everyone always has a parent, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. A parent. It's usually a parent. I'm, I'm going to wait for the person who just says <laughs> friend of mine. <laughs> See if the yeah. parents get on the phone yeah. afterwards and go, why didn't you mention me? <laughs> yeah. Okay, last question. Um, if you had to post one final post on social media, what would be your final message or par- parting words to, to, um, to the world? To the world? I guess as a dentist, I would like to share the ethos of doing minimally invasive dentistry. So I would like to share that, guys, you don't need to go and get your teeth filed down, get a lot of veneer based work. Maybe do something a little bit more ethical and minimal. 
And the second thing, if I if I had some chance, I would try to post about that. I, I think everybody's wanting this vision of perfection. So I would say, you know, look around you and you already are beautiful. You've got so much around you. So if you look around you and just see the people that you're with, um, that's that's your true wealth. Um, so, you know, don't be drawn by all this fancy charade of social media, etc. Try to just look at yourself. So that's the second message I'd give across. Awesome. Amazing. Love that. Amazing. Love and that. following on from that, so just for our listeners, mm. just give us just a quick insight into who you are and what, what you, you do. do. Yeah, what you do. Yeah. So I graduated as a, a dentist in 2013. I started doing dentistry uh, in Yorkshire. Um, I'm very lucky that I now work in a few practices as a cosmetic dentist. So I do a lot of smile makeover based work. Um, I lecture for a company called Invisalign. So Invisalign is a teeth straightening company, uh, the world renowned, uh, one of the fastest growing orthodontic appliances worldwide. So I lecture for them worldwide. Uh, in September, I'm going to Japan and China uh, to lecture for them as well. Uh, I pride myself on treating patients like friends and family. And I think that's something that I try to get across on my lectures. Um, but I, I try to treat all of my um, patients as if I was on the other side. What, what would I want my family to be treated like? So I'm a cosmetic dentist. Uh, if you want to follow me, you can go onto my Instagram handle at dr.hafan.dentist. Uh, um, I'm passionate about uh, art, uh, fashion, interior design. I, I buy, uh, people don't know this, but I, I, I try to buy a property and renovate that as well. At the moment, I've got a Victorian uh, house that I'm working on. It's a 12 bedroom, big house that I'm renovating. Um, I'm into lifestyle and fitness as well, thanks to Emma. So I've started going to the gym. Yeah, I know that's thanks to you. So I've started going to the gym. Uh, I have a routine, so I do cardio in the morning, try to do weights in the afternoon. Um, and I've been through a little bit of a weight loss journey in the last couple of months. Um, and in terms of diet, I enjoy eating. Um, so yeah, that's me really in a nutshell. Awesome. I like it. I like that. Um, so Afan, I don't know you as well as Emma does. So, um, (laughs) and for the benefit of the listeners, tell me, I want to take you back a bit because obviously my thing is all about mindset and the psychology. I love human nature. I love the, the, to understand more about why we do what we do. And uh, so I want to take you back a bit and go back to school. Um, what was, what was Afan like at school? What was you like? You know, tell me a bit about your upbringing. Where was it? Where was you? Where were you born? Where, where did you grow up? What was school like? What were your parents like? You know, just give us a little bit of background about young Afan. So a great question, by the way, Rob. Um, so to start off with, I, I started, uh, I, I live in Huddersfield still, and that's where I was born. So I was born in Huddersfield and I was going to a, um, I, I lived in a simple village called Almondbury uh, with mum, dad and two brothers. Um, my two brothers have now gone on to become doctors. Um, but at the time, it was me as the oldest and two younger brothers. And we came from a, a, a simple family. We weren't too wealthy. We weren't poor. We were just middle class. And, um, you know, we, we, we were just working. My mum and dad would work. And uh, that's basically our family. Um, I remember very early on, I was very shy. I was very timid. A uh, little bit, maybe a little bit overweight as well, but I never felt like I was um, an outsider. I always felt like I was a part of the the cool club or the popular people in class. Um, and then when I went to, I remember going to Greenhead College, and that's where things started to change. 
And I went to my careers advisor and um, I said to her, I want to be a dentist. And I had a little bit of a stutter in my voice, so I couldn't throw my words out properly. And she looked at me and she she looked down to the floor. And I remember looking down the floor and then looking back up. And uh, it must have taken me about two minutes to get out that I want to be a dentist. And she said to me, um, Afan, I'm going to be honest with you. If you And this was her true words. If you can't string a sentence in front of me, you can't string a sentence in front of patients. I think you should be a pharmacist. Wow. And uh, uh, it was uh, it was one of those moments where you're thinking you're going to do this, you're going to do this. And then all of a sudden someone comes in and just drops this bombshell. And um, I remember just thinking, wow, this is it now. So I, I walked back to the class a little bit disheartened and uh, I sat down and next to me was one of my friends, Catherine. Um, and I'm still close friends with her now. And Catherine sat down next to me and she said, oh, uh, Afan, um, how's your dentistry going? What's going to happen? Where are you going to apply this? And I said, oh, actually, Catherine, I've just been to the crease advisor. And I think it was one of those days where you have a 10 minute session with a crease advisor and then the next person gets called in, the next person gets called in. So hers was coming up soon as well. So she said, what happened? And I said, oh, well, the crease advisor has literally just said I need to be a pharmacist. So I'm not going to do dentistry anymore. Um, and she said, oh, no, 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 you can't do that. My mum and dad are both dentists. And we've been talking about this for a while now. You definitely need to do it. And um, uh, in, in her own way, she said, oh, my dad's my dad will get you in. My dad will get you in. And uh, clearly, Catherine didn't know anything about the interview process or anything. Otherwise, she wouldn't say that. <laughs> See, she basically said, you need to go and meet my mum and dad. So I went and um, I met Mr. Bishop. I remember buying brand new shoes, a brand new tie, getting this all on. I met Mr. Bishop and uh, Mr. Bishop is married to Mrs. Bishop and they're both dentists. So I went there. Mr. Bishop instantly said, our people, and I want to provide beautiful dentistry, beautiful smiles. Uh, and he just looked at me and he said, I can see that you have the vision, but now we need to convey that vision to other people. So it's more about the communication side of things and all that. So I started going on courses, communication courses, talking courses, um, and, and all sorts of things that I did at that point. And then I did interview preparations. And Mr. Bishop looked over my UCAS application. He did past interview question, uh, question answer sessions with me. And I got into university. And when I got into university, I remember just thinking that if it wasn't for Mr. Bishop at that time, I wouldn't be in the position that I am in now. Um, I graduated. I kept in touch. I used to send uh, messages to Mr. Bishop and Mrs. Bishop uh, telling them how I'm getting on. Two years into my dental career, they actually, Mr. Bishop contacted me and said, um, I'm wanting to find someone um, who will, you know, take over the reins of the practice maybe in the future, but also someone that will, um, you know, be, be able to provide the ethical dentistry that um, I've provided up, up until now. And he worked in a very humble practice um, in the middle of a small village in Yorkshire. And people have traveled from, uh, you know, over over the UK coming to see him because he's he's so good at what he does. He's very ethical. He's very kind and considerate. And uh, I just wanted to be that. So uh, that's one of the practices where I work now. It's a beautiful practice and it's just nice to be able to work in that environment. So that's me. Awesome. That's a great story. And, uh, and no doubt if you, you know, because you got such a great start from someone who had the um, probably the right culture, the right ethics, that's no doubt how you have um become who you are and and running a practice the way that you do exactly uh, i couldn't agree more rob i mean it all starts off with 
you know, my parents, I remember once as a child, um, I think I, I dropped a pound coin on the floor and I was about to pick it up and my dad said, whoa, 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 whoa. hold on a second. Are you 100% sure this is yours? And um, it's just little lessons like that that you get from your parents growing up that, you know, what is yours is yours. What is someone else's? You know, don't be um, don't be envious of that. You know, praise them, uh, respect them and work harder yourself. So, you know, I always got that work ethic from parents. And then I got really good mentors along the journey, like Mr. Bishop, who inspired me to do a lot more. And uh, that's basically put me into the position that I'm in now. Do you um, do you feel like your mentors have played a big part in where you are now? So give us like a little bit of an insight to your journey, because I know now that you're you're more than just an everyday standard dentist. You've got yeah. quite a niche that you work in. So kind of tell us how you how you progress into that. Uh, thank you, Emma. So I, I started off as a general dentist. So when you graduate as a dentist, uh, you think the world's your oyster. This is it. Now you can start doing everything. But the reality is dentistry in particular is a very, very um, artistic field. And you're working with your hands, creating what I like to call sculptures in people's mouths. So if you're contouring a filling or you're creating a beautiful smile or you're providing um, something like a root canal where you're trying to find the intricate um, uh, problem area of the tooth, you have to be very, very skilled. So I was on a journey and every dentist starts off with a vocational training post where they meet a dentist who's allocated to them. And that dentist then trains them for a year. And at the end of the year, you get a qualification to say that you can now um, provide dentistry on the National Health Service and privately. So my mentor was uh, Dr. Lynn Windle. Um, she was a specialist interest in gum disease management. I started working with her and I remember uh, at lunch times, I would observe another dentist who was an endodontist, Dr. Alan Morgan, he's a specialist endodontist. Um, so at lunch times, instead of sitting down and having lunch, I would go into his room, knock on the door, sit down and just watch him do his, his dentistry. So I tried to just basically um, do as much dentistry as I could Start at nine o'clock. I used to get there for eight o'clock, get the room ready, start at nine o'clock all the way till half five and just work flat out. Have literally a five minute break to have a lunch and just basically use as much time as I could trying to learn and reflect. I used to get all of the other dentists within the practice to save me taken out or extracted teeth. And I would set them in plaster of Paris and then I would at lunchtime drill them and uh, practice on them and drill them again and drill them out and practice on them. And I would do that because I would genuinely want it to be the best that I could be. Um, and then the money that I actually acquired from what first year of dental school, for, sorry, first year out of dental school, I actually used that to invest and learn a lot more. So I would go on courses. So at half past five, my day, day job would finish. And then in the evening, I would find out where the lectures are or where the evening sessions are. I would go to them and learn or on weekends I would go and learn. So I went to Leuven, uh, Belgium. I've been to Japan to learn from Dr. Takahashi and all sorts of other places around the world that I've learned, learned from. A couple of years in, um, the, the dread had happened. Uh, the practice where I was working as a vocational trainee, I became an associate there. And all of a sudden we got told that our practice has been taken over. So you think, oh, my God, I'm working in a practice now that's been taken over. What's going to happen to me, etc.? And it was taken over by um, a firm that's now buying our practice. So I don't know how much you know about the dental industry, but in terms of dentistry, practices are now sometimes being bought out by a dental corporate. 
and they own a lot of practices. Um, so one thinks that it, you would be possibly treated like a number. Now, as luck would have it, um, I, I said that, look, I want to do smile makeover dentistry. I want to create beautiful smiles. This is what I want to do. And that's where my journey begins. And uh, actually, what was a worrying part of uh, I, I looking back, what was feeling like a big worry and a, a concern was actually quite a nice um, open door for me. So I told them all this. And because they were a forward thinking organization, they gave me the opportunity to do what I wanted to do. And they could see that there was potential there. So I started with just general dentistry patients who I'd been seeing for the past two years, two and a half years, and said to them, look, I'm wanting to do beautiful smile makeup dentistry. I haven't done much of it. And if you could entrust me, I would like to, you know, do this and pay for it. Um, and patients uh, were very appreciative and they let me practice on them. So I started doing my work and I started documenting things. So I started taking photographs, reviewing those photographs, getting the patients to come back and show me. And gradually I started going on more and more courses and getting better and better at what I was doing. And um, I, I guess uh, what then happened was um, my my name got put into the My Dentist Awards. And I don't know how I was nominated, but my name went into this award thing. And it was a, an award based on patient feedback. And off the back of that, I won the award for Young Dentist of the Year. Um, so no, thank you. So that was the first award that I'd won. And I didn't I didn't know that I'd been entered, etc., but I won that award and I remember just thinking that this is what my mum and dad have worked all their life to. And uh, my dad's very proud. He he goes into anywhere. So a few days ago we went to, you know, the fish and chip shop. Sorry, Emma. And uh, <laughs> and he was just telling everyone, oh, my God, my son's a cosmetic dentist. He's won awards. I was like, oh, my God, dad, please stop. <laughs> but, um, you know, he's so proud of that. And it made him proud. Yeah. <laughs> but what genuinely makes me proud is, let's say, when I did Emma's teeth, when Emma basically reacted and I remember vividly you was in the room and one hand on the left hand side goes up right hand goes up oh my god it's a really <laughs> <laughs> it is, if for anyone who isn't totally yeah. um <laughs> clued up or knows about um reinventing someone's smile is what essentially what you do you give someone a whole yeah. new smile yeah. you do that by using composite bonding but what exactly. you do is an absolute art form and I cannot like express how much for me having my teeth done changed my my confidence I think you're being um, so kind, it's, it's Emma. It's so life-changing. Like, yeah. It's just, it's incredible. And you're so passionate about what you do. And, you know, you can tell you're so obsessed with your craft because you stop at nothing to yeah. continue to learn and improve. And you are so, um, you're so involved in your clients and it, you do truly make everyone feel yeah. special and like they're part of the family. And yeah, um, it's just it's amazing. And so just um, tell us a little bit about the the the, the composite and what makes yeah. you because you are very skilled at it, like very skilled. Um, well, I know you. you've said to me before that people have questioned your work and said it's veneers because yeah. the, the dentistry, yeah. the composite bonding is so, so good. Ah, thank you. That's very kind of you to say. So basically, when I started off, um, I wanted to make it in a way that patients could understand. 
And there were a lot of other dentists that were saying different terminologies, etc. But from a patient's Terminology. Just really pause there, Afa. Like yeah. Just pause. No, 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 no. Sorry, just, we just lost you a little bit there. So just fine. say what you that's said fine. again, because yeah, yeah, we'll start. Yeah, no, no, that's fine. That's fine. Yeah. So thank you very much, Emma. That's very kind of you to say. It makes me feel very special. Um, as a person, you're very special. You you make everyone feel happy and proud to be around you. So thank you. Right. Okay. So um, when I got into dentistry, uh, I wanted to start using vocabulary that patients would understand. And there were other dentists that were using vocabulary that patients could understand, but I wanted to take it to the next level. So I started explaining it as A, B, C. So a smart makeover is as easy as A, B, C. A is for align. So if you've got higgledy-piggledy front teeth, we align them, we straighten them first. Once you've straightened the teeth, we then B for brighten, we whiten your teeth. And what I do is, my sneaky trick is I put some whitening gel inside your Invisalign tray so you're not only straightening your teeth you're also whitening them at the same time so that's align and brighten and then the final piece in the puzzle is contour ABC contour and the contouring bit usually in the past to contour the shape of a tooth we would drill or file a portion of the tooth structure off and then place a layer on top of it like a fingernail called a veneer but now there's a new concept in dentistry called composite bonding and it's a white filling resin material that we have used in back teeth fillings or front teeth fillings for a very long time and we just use that on the edge or over the top surface of the tooth to create a new well-defined shape. Now the material itself comes in basically a plastic tube and you take it out, you place it onto the tooth and you contour it as if by magic by your hands and with instruments so it's like you're creating this artisan sculpture now, because I always loved art and oil painting, sculpture design, I've been on courses um, just as a part of my hobbies. I used to, um, you know, do oil paintings and where Rembrandt and Johann Vermeer, uh, Johann Vermeer used to have paintings. And I would d do a graph on those paintings. I would get um, um, lots of canvas paper and then I would start to sketch out the drawing and then I would paint it with linseed oil oil paints and then I would work on that for weeks and weeks on end and because of that I think that's where my dentistry and artistry came in hand in hand so when I'm doing my dentistry I'm looking at the patient's face and I'm looking and absorbing how their eyes are how their cheekbones are their bone structure their the way the face sits the their personality are they a little bit more dominant are they soft and feminine or are they a bit more aggressive are they someone who's going to control and captivate the audience? Or are they someone that's going to be very timid, shy and want no one to see their teeth? Do they want white, vivid, vibrant teeth where people can see and go, oh, my God? Or do they want teeth that just look nice and natural and sedate? Um, do they want sharp edges that look a little bit more strong and intense? Or do they want softer, feminine curves? And that's basically where the artistic part in dentistry comes. And then finally, every tooth should be lining in a way that if you put a line down the middle of the tooth, all of these lines come down to the navel or down to the belly button. Um, so if you have a look at the cartoon characters, Wallace and Gromit, Wallace and Gromit teeth go straight down. But in nature and the aesthetics of a smile, they should all be tapering beautifully down to the navel. The second thing is the bulk of the smile. They should have this really nice reflective zone. So when you take a photograph, you see how the tooth is curving beautifully into the navel rather than just being fat tic-tacs. 
And um, it was because of these little things that I was picking up that I started to implement them into creating my smile makeovers. And even to this day, I get Instagram messages from patients saying, I've been looking at a lot of people's work, but something about yours is just there. And there's so many studies that show this, that if you have, um, uh, let's say, a five-month-old baby, a five-month-old baby, and you show them a picture of someone who we perceive as a 10 out of 10 beautiful lady like Emma Heinemann, um, <laughs> they will, they will have a, or, or a 10 out of 10 a good-looking man like Rob. They will look at, <laughs> they will look at uh, that picture and they will start smiling. And that same baby, if you showed them something that we would perceive as maybe a one out of 10 where the face isn't as attractive, they will start crying. Now, that's a five-year-old baby. So we have this innate ability inside us to understand what is artistic, what is beautiful. And um, that is where the art comes. It's just innate. It's inside all of us. So even though patients haven't done a dental degree to an extent, most of them, so I do see a lot of dentists, actually, so some of them have, um, even though most of them haven't got a dental degree, they still have this artistic vision and they can see that there is something about the work that just sets it apart. And um, I, I don't mean to be boastful because I'm very humble and I know that there are a lot more dentists, millions of dentists worldwide that are better than me. But that's why our work um, is basically so, so easy to, for patients to um, look at and then hopefully messages and then it, it boils down to the second part of it which is the communication and care so I give and I genuinely mean this I give my personal mobile phone number to every single one of my patients and I say to them that this isn't just for your journey it's after your journey as well you are now a friend of mine and I will treat you like a friend forever um, and that's the way that I would like my uh, family to be treated that's the way that I want to be treated. Awesome. Where where do you where do you think that comes from? Because not a lot of people are like that, where they really care mm. that much about firstly the person that they're treating, but aside from that, but you you actually really invest yourself in your clients. Where do you think yeah. that really stems from? Do you think that comes from your family or, or the mentor or the mentors? No, thank you very much. Well, um, Mr. Bishop always says that there should be a separation between friends and family and then patients. So it's definitely not Mr. Bishop. He actually tells <laughs> me off. He said we should have a separate life. But anyway, uh, my mum and dad have always been very caring people. And I remember even if we didn't have that much money, they would always force and they would always try their best to give to charity, help people out, care for people. My mum massively, massively is a fan of giving back to everybody around her. So, you know, possibly from there, but also I think from the fact that at one point in my life, I wasn't going to be a dentist. I was going to be going down the pharmacy route because of this one careers advisor who could have changed things for me forever. And the second thing that I found out was when I was applying to Leeds University, there were around 3000 applicants to one place, 3000 applicants to one place. So. I, I like to think, well, I, I, I hope to think that they made the right choice in investing in me than giving that position to somebody else. And there may be 2000 plus people out there that are no longer dentists because I've taken that position. So I owe it to them to do whatever I can to make myself the best dentist that I can be. 
So that means not being too arrogant and boastful, understanding that you are at a place where, yes, you are okay, but there's so much room for progression. And secondly, trying to give a lot to everybody else around you as well. Um, And I guess my personal ethos, um, I've always believed that I want to achieve with integrity um, and I want to give as much as I can uh, with a lot of respect and humility to as many people as I can as well. So that's why I do my lecturing to give back. Um, That's just a personal thing of mine. And it takes me away from surgery. It takes me uh, a lot of time to travel to these places and teach. So it's sometimes not financially rewarding, but it is something that makes me feel like I've given back to society. I've given back to other people. And that makes me feel special. Um, And every single lecture that I do, I do try to tell them not only dentistry related things, it's the simple things in life as well. Like uh, my personal ethos is I treat my dental team as if they were my family. So, for example, I have a dental nurse called Jade. And, um, you know, Jade, um, I hope she doesn't mind me saying this, but even on uh, Christmas, um, birthdays, etc., I bought her a Louis Vuitton bag. I bought her an iPad. I bought her an iPhone. I buy these things because I care about her and I want her to feel like she's appreciated. And I guess when we're doing so well, sometimes we tend to forget that there are people around us that are part of that success and that journey. And I personally feel we should be helping them towards that as well. And uh, off the back of that, and this is the other thing, is people like Jade. So Jade has bought me as extravagant gifts, if not better, and she's a dental nurse. So me telling people that I've bought these fantastic gifts, it's not to show off. It's just to basically prove, to share a point that we should look after the people around us. But in doing that, me giving things to her out of my salary versus a dental nurse investing the same amount of money into me, that's actually a bigger, bigger thing. So I think, you know, if you treat people well, they will treat you just pause for me, Afan. Oh, no, 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 again, 30 seconds, sorry. It's okay, it's okay. So um, the, the one thing that I would like to get across is my personal ethos as well. We should treat all of our friends and family equally, and that includes our staff members and our teams. Yeah. Um, sometimes it's we, we are in a position where we're financially in a better position than others, but that doesn't mean to say that we should think that that money is ours or that that whole success is ours and it's nobody else's. So wherever I can, I try to help my colleagues and team out. I have a dental nurse called Jade. Um, and, you know, at Christmas, uh, birthdays, Easter, etc., I would buy her a present. And um, whether that's, um, you know, whatever it is, I, I would do that. And uh, I do that because I feel like she is a part of my success and she deserves to be rewarded. Um, so at Christmas, we bought her a, a Louis Vuitton bag. Birthday, we bought her an iPad or an iPhone. And these things might seem small to most of us, but, you know, it's it's the thought that counts. And at the same time, it's it's actually seeing the look on her face when she sees these things. Mm. And um, me telling you that isn't me showing off, but it's actually just sharing that we should all be trying to help people around us. And a bigger point to that is how these people treat you. So, for example, Jade buys as extravagant. I think she bought me nearly 400 pound shoes at Christmas. And I said, Jade, why have you done that? Um, But out of her salary to invest that much for my birthday, for my Christmas present, that's a lot. And that's saying a lot about her as a person. 
So uh, on top of that, the one thing I would say is if you start caring about the people around you and you start acting in a nice way, people will be nice back. And I guess positive people attract more positive people. And uh, it's just like a little circle. So I can hand, hand on heart say that I can vouch for every one of my patients that they are caring, they're kind, they're considerate. They will be there for you if things go wrong and they will help you and other people out where they can um, within reason. And I, I guess that that's because they are attracted to me and I'm attracted to them. And, you know, we attract like minded individuals. Absolutely. That's a fantastic philosophy yeah. to have. What, um, do you, what do you make of all of that, Rob? I like? think it's fantastic. And um, obviously, from a, a psychological point of view or a mindset point of view, it speaks volumes for you as an employer as well, because having that culture in your business is, um, I mean, I work with a lot of businesses, um, small to medium sized businesses. And one of the things that I uh, preach about a lot is is building. I'm so passionate about them developing and building a, a great culture to work in and uh, and really respecting and giving back to their staff because there's still so many employers yeah. out there that just don't get it and uh, yeah. it, to me it's almost mind-boggling how um, quite large employers still get this wrong and still have this almost draconian outlook on employees and they they almost look at it like well I'm paying you aren't I just yeah. do the work get on with exactly. it sort of thing, which is very Victorian-esque almost it is uh, it is it is and I just believe that you know people will run through walls for you if you just treat them with respect like a normal human being and it's 100%. not about the money because there's many tests many many um, um, studies shown that money is not a driver so you yeah. know, ultimately, you know, you can give people an extra 500, a thousand pound a week. But after a while, we very quickly get used to that money and we'll just revert back to type if the if the uh, environment is not good. So they'll still um, knock off early. They'll still throw sick days. They'll still not do work to the best of their ability if the environment dictates that. But if you've got an employer like yourself and you've got um an environment that they can flourish in and grow in and feel part of a family, then, you know, they'll run through walls with you as long as obviously the remuneration is, is, is fair. Yeah. And, um, and so I take my hat off to you for that because it's, yeah, thank you it's very refreshing much. to hear um, an, an employer be that way. So obviously that's must have come a little bit from conditioning. I talk about conditioning from yeah. um, childhood parents um uh, the people who you were around. And I think that's very, very important. So what I want to ask you, though, is, you know, kids coming through now because they'll be hopefully um, if we get the marketing right and everything else, <laughs> there's going to yeah. be uh, maybe students and kids watching this yeah. through. Maybe they want to be a dentist and follow in your footsteps. You know, what kind of advice would you give them? What what should they be um, trying to adhere to and become in, in their journey to be a dentist? Fantastic question again, Rob. So um, I would I would always say to them that um, think about your long term vision, think about your five year plan, 10 year plan, 20 year plan and figure out where you want to be. Do you feel like you can sit down and see patients after patients, respect them, understand their problems are your problems to an extent, figure out treatment plans for them, figure out how you're going to manage them and then go from that to actually delivering the cases time and time again you have to be consistent you can't just do it for one patient and then the next one the result is poor you've got to create that consistency in your work 
and it it can for some people be stressful for me it's enjoyable and it feels like an art form so i feel like i'm doing oil paintings all day but but it may be stressful um so what i would recommend is go and do some work experience spend time with dentists figure out if it's for you and if it is then just decide that this is what i'm going to do the other analogy i give is if you have two boats side by side and they're in the middle of the river and they both have a tiny hole inside them if you put one foot in the left boat and one foot in the right boat you're not going to be able to get to the shore so you have to decide and pick your boat and then jump in it they've both got a hole in it you've got to jump pick in one and then just go straight down to the shore in it and just hope for the best so now that you've accepted that this is your journey accept it and get in it so i learned that from you emma actually i remember we were having a chat and you were saying, uh, and I said to Emma, because I, I'm a massive foodie as well. I like I like cakes, birthday cakes in particular. <laughs> don't, so we I, yeah, don't we all? So I said to Emma, Emma, oh, my God, I love my cakes and everything else. How am I going to get rid of this? And Emma said to me, and she just looked at me with the piercing Emma Heinemann look. And she just said, <laughs> she just said, no, you've got to be bigger than that. You cannot, you cannot eat bad things. You've got to do this. You've got to do this. You've got to do this. You've got to be mentally up there, ready for it. Mentally and, strong. Uh, mentally strong. And uh, that's basically how I did it. So for for someone who's wanting to become a dentist, I would say, first of all, find out if it's for you. If it is, decide and then go full heartedly into it. Don't start looking and wondering that, oh, my friend has decided to be a car salesman and is making more money. Oh, my other friend has decided to do you know uh, become a doctor and he's doing so much more rewarding things he's dealing with cancer patients for example and i'm just dealing with teeth you've got to accept that this is your bag you've decided it and now go for it full-heartedly do all your exams spend time doing everything that to the best of your ability and the thing that i would say to them now looking back at what i did wrong is don't let that overpower your life so there should be a work-life balance so dentistry is a part of this whole circle. You should be on a on a circle where you're able to spend time with friends and family. You're able to do your trade. So dentistry, you're able to learn. You're able to go on courses. You're able to look after your diet, your health, your well-being. I'm putting that in because Emma's listening um, and other things as well. So, you know, if you've got any hobbies, that should all come as a package. So don't just basically pick one thing and just keep focusing on that. That's brilliant, that. And I mean, I was going to ask you about this and you've kind of nicely segued into it for me there. But um, <clears throat> in terms of, um, you know, you're, you're obviously running a business, you're um, a dentist um, and I haven't asked you about your family. So I don't know. Are you married? Have you got kids? Have you, what, what's the situation there? And also, how do you balance that? How do you do that? Because, you know, I know I've got kids i'm you know um, um i'm super busy we're we're here now for those listening we're recording this at 20 to 10, 10 at night, night. Yeah. <laughs> um you know because it's the only time we can get all three of us together and yeah. you know it, it, you have to juggle this i have to leave my 11 month old baby at home i've got grown-up kids wow. as well you know what i mean so how do you juggle that and how do you handle the stress of of life as well what do you what do you do to overcome that can i just jump yeah. in slightly just yeah. for the listeners as well because obviously I know Afan on a personal level yeah, and, yeah. Um, I have like I've not come across many people that have work ethic like we've got good work, work <laughs> but Afan does not 
stop working like this, and this guy, is why i wanted to ask the question i know because it's like crazy. <laughs> this guy works like 12 hours on a sunday yeah 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 he just never stops and, and and also just for the listeners like you for me i've really watched your business explode you, in, you in were a part of that you were um, a part of that Emma. Yeah. yeah and and to just talk to us about that as well like you've just gone from zero to 100 just frozen a little bit there so there we go yeah we've got you back yeah emma would you like to ask that question again or yes i will do so just tell us a little bit of your journey over the past year because i've really watched your business go from zero to 100 and i know you you work all of the hours so just tell us a little bit about that as well okay fantastic so rob first of all hats off to you to have a child and to have family and everything else and you're still managing to come at this time of day to do this amazing amazing dedication now from myself i'm single um so if there's any good looking single ladies watching uh direct <laughs> message now yeah. Let's slide in the dm <laughs> <laughs> eligible no, so yeah. so from this point of view i think uh, you know you win you know this this mind frame because i i genuinely don't know how i would be able to carry a relationship have family have children and also do that so i'm i'm quite lucky that i'm single um uh, so from that point of view i can focus a lot more on on my trade and just get better and le- learn and reflect just improve on a daily basis um so i would say that family wise my mum and dad mean a lot to me i would care for them and uh, i try to set out with uh, the vision of doing good dentistry uh, and providing great service to my patients but also looking after my family which is my mum and dad and i do that uh with an open heart and i do it because i feel like uh, it's the right thing to do so that's that's family in terms of my work-life balance, um, I start work at eight o'clock in the morning. And I remember speaking to Emma earlier on and saying to her, I just don't find the time to do work. I just don't find the time to do gym work. And she said to me, no, no, you'll have to make time. You have to find time. You have to make it. So now I get up at five o'clock in the morning. I go to the gym. I do a fasted cardio in the morning uh, on a on a on literally a black coffee. And then after I've done my fasted cardio, I then have my shower, get ready for work. I go to work. Uh, Eight o'clock is my first patient. First patient comes in. I work flat out. I have half an hour of a lunch break usually. And I finish at about eight o'clock at night. Um, But with me, my dental nurse works as hard. um, So she's there as well. And then at eight o'clock, I finish. I come back home. And if I feel like I still have the strength too, I'll go and do some weights. Um, On Saturdays and Sundays, I used to work from 8 a.m., in the morning till some days I remember clocking out at 12 o'clock at night and not having even a one hour lunch break. And you get to a point where you start realizing that is this actually um, beneficial for my health and well-being in the long term? So now what I've started to do is I've started to maybe work till three o'clock on a Saturday or Sunday. And then that gives me a little bit of time to refresh, go to the gym, get a good mind frame, spend time just relaxing Uh, thinking about the week ahead and reflecting on the work that you have done and I think that that's quite important as well so now I try to have a better work-life balance Um, so that's been in the last uh, six months I would say that I've started working closer to that 
Um, so yeah, I, I feel like uh, I'm energized. I feel like I'm ready to, let's say it's now nearly 10 o'clock at night. Uh, yeah, it's nearly 10 o'clock at night. But if someone said to me, oh, um, Dr. Afan, I'd like you to do a smile makeover. Jade said, yes, will you come? I would quite happily go at 11 o'clock at night knowing that I have a patient, uh, you know, at eight o'clock in the morning and it wouldn't phase me at all. I would do it quite happily, free of charge if I could. So that, that's passion, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, that's what I was going to say. Yeah, it's it's your passion because you, you're passionate about it. And this is, you know, a lot of people are talking now about find your passion and, uh, yeah, exactly. you know, go for it. Because, you know, if you find your passion, you'll never work a day in your life, all that sort of that's stuff. True. And I agree with it to some extent because... I work very similar to that, and and I made a decision as well that on a on a Saturday and Sunday I'm only yeah. going to work till about four o'clock, but quite often that kind that of sneaks <laughs> past a bit as well, and then I have to get home and spend some time with the missus and the baby and stuff like that. But um, yeah. I love what I do, and I'm super super passionate about it. And you know, I work seven days a week, and uh, I just love being with clients. And you know, quite often it's a kind of a running joke with my clients that you know I have hour and a half sessions and some of them can be three hours and stuff because I just want to get them to where they want to be I just really want to help them and and it gives me such a buzz you know to help people go from where they are in life and then help them get to where they want to be whether that's in a relationship their business or their sport in life and um, I totally get that kind of passion and it's that mindset I think I don't know would you agree that you know someone going into dentistry for example they've got to have that kind of passion if they want to be good at it exactly 100% Rob I, I couldn't agree more so I was watching um, this documentary on uh, Mike Tyson the boxer mm-hmm. And it was he was saying something that he was saying something like when I'm when I was entering the ring, I was panicking. I was panicking. But as I'm getting closer to the ring, I'm going close to the ring. I can just feel the confidence. I can feel it. And then when I enter the ring, I'm just on full perfection. I know that I'm not going to be beaten. I know that I'm ready. And then he said that he was just pushing on his gloves, pushing on his gloves, bringing them closer and closer until he could actually feel his knuckles on the actual um, gloves themselves. And he could feel them and he's getting them closer and closer. And sometimes when I'm in the surgery, I can feel like when it's eight o'clock and I'm just feeling like, you know, you're driving to work and you're thinking about your day list. And you're thinking, okay, I've got a composite bonding case. This lady is, you know, she's a, a, a coach. She basically trains people worldwide. She's called Emma Heinemann. She's coming into the chair. <laughs> if you get it wrong, she's going to give you a punch. Right, okay. So, right. If I get so, it wrong, is, she's going to kill me. She's going to kill me, right. Okay, so this is going through your head. And then you go in, you go in, and you're getting closer and closer. Patient comes in. You walk out into the doors. You, you get the patient from the waiting room. You shake their hand, bring them in. And that's when you basically get this adrenaline rush. Mm. And I put my gloves on, and I start to pull them back, pull them back so I can feel my fingers so that when I'm actually contouring the composite onto the teeth, I can actually feel as much as I can. And, you know, I just feel that same adrenaline rush that he feels with his boxing career. So I feel that if we find something that we genuinely, genuinely enjoy, genuinely, genuinely want to do, that becomes it becomes a hobby. It doesn't become work anymore. So when I go to work at eight o'clock, I'm just I'm on this adrenaline rush. And when I leave work uh, on a Sunday, I'm upset that work has finished and I'm upset that I'm on the way back home thinking, oh, like uh, one day I drove to work and it was a Monday bank holiday, came to work, realized it was shut, called up, said, oh, it's Monday bank holiday, we're shut today. I was so upset. I was thinking, (laughs) oh, 
I was actually in the car thinking, this is it now. I'm going to, I'm nearly there. I'm nearly there. I'm in the zone. And then all of a sudden you realize that work's shut. So I guess if you enjoy what you do and you put your 100% into it, um, and you're, you know, you're looking after people and you're seeing such lovely people on a daily basis, it becomes a passion. It becomes an enjoyment rather than actually, you know, doing anything else. And, um, to that, I would also add that I have seen people that, have chosen dentistry as a career and they are now in a position where they wish that they hadn't and they're now in a position where they keep speaking to me and saying oh I don't know how you manage it mate I'm thinking about leaving I'm leaving this year I'm leaving next year I'm leaving the year after and I'm only doing this because you know I need to I need to keep paying the bills this is it now and uh, you get that in every walk of life whether that's you know um, dentistry or whatever it is you get that. And if you are at that stage in your career, then think about the fact that you're wasting all this time that you could have invested in something better. So I definitely think passion needs to be there, regardless of which profession you do. That's so important. It's vital. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. I think that's the that's a great place to end it, I think. I, I think I that totally was super agree. motivated and inspired by I that. I think this podcast needs to be called Find Your Passion. Find Your Find Passion. Your purpose. Find Your Passion, exactly. Yeah. Find Your Purpose is the one, I think. Yeah, I think wow. so. That's so, like, it's. I've literally sat here listening to you and your story with just a complete smile on my face. Yeah, absolutely. Because you really do just feel your passion and your energy about what you do you can just tell you just love it there's this genuinity about it definitely and and thank uh, you and i love that and uh i only hope that you do find a partner that can live with that (laughs) 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 because i'm lucky enough to have one it's it's difficult trust me and uh i was listening to a podcast actually the other day it was um steve bartlett who uh owns something called social chain and um he was talking about this and he's only 26 and he's got 200 staff and he's worth millions and millions and millions of pounds. And uh, he's, he's uh, always talks about how difficult it is for him to find relationships because he's got a, um, it's a social digital media, social media company, and he's got a base in Manchester. He's got in New York and he's in Germany, et cetera. But he, um, says you know it's very difficult for him to hold down relationships because he's so driven he works every day he loves it he's and 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 it's been difficult do you think that that's something maybe going to be a, an issue with you or or do you think you'd be able to kick back a bit if you met someone because can you do could you you know go to the cinema one evening or go go on um you know take a day off because they want to go to round day park and feed the ducks you know what, what would, would that be just alien for you because <laughs> i actually find it alien but i'm lucky because I I Mrs. we've just lost the recording there. Emma, i can hear you oh, can you hear me yeah 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 all right so let's track back a bit because we're coming yeah. to the end anyway and let's we can so you know ultimately even i've forgotten a bit of what i've said now so um feeding the ducks on round day park Feeding the ducks on Round Day Park and making a relationship work is, is yeah. does that ever enter your head that you've got to find the right person who's into that? Because I think that's what's important: finding that right person that that buys into someone who's super driven, super ambitious, and can add to that rather than want to slow that down as such. I, I think you're quite right, Rob. And um, like the CEO that you was talking about, the 26 year old, mm. um, you know, you you feel like you have this vision and you want to 
your aim is quite high. So you're looking at perfection for everything and you're trying to um, provide for me personally, it's your passion, which is dentistry. And for me, the other thing is that my mum, my mum always wanted a girl and she got three boys. So, (laughs) so, so the girl that I find needs to be the right one, really. Um, Otherwise I would break her heart as well. So I need to find um, someone who's um, good looking, friendly, kind, but has uh, quite ambitious like me. So wants to do everything, Um, you know, someone who's maybe quietly confident. Um, That's probably what I'm looking for. Um, And when that person comes, Rob, you will be the first one to find out. Hopefully. Hopefully. I'll tell you straight away. I'll give you a message. Brilliant. I'll come round and I'll give you both some free coaching. Okay, I'm going to hold you to that. I'm that hold you that's to that. awesome. So listen, um, <laughs> ladies out there, you've heard it here first. Um, you know the criteria. Get in touch with Dr. Afan and uh, um, hopefully I'll be getting invited <laughs> to the wedding. <laughs> this is an interview or a matchmaking service. <laughs> and Afan, if anybody does want to find you, just remind us of your social handles. Okay, guys. Um, so um, if you want to find me, either message Emma. Emma's a good friend of mine. Or contact me personally on direct message Instagram. It's dr for doctor. And then my name is Afan. It's like a fan that blows out with an A on it, Afan. And hopefully by the end of this podcast, you'll become a fan of me. Dentist. The one thing I want to leave on, and uh, this is this is what I say to all the people that are dentists that I train. But I also want to leave it to the general, you know, to the masses. There's 60 million plus people in the UK. Out of the 60 million, 30 million go to the dentist. Out of the 30 million, I have probably seen about 300 smile makeovers in one year. So when you're thinking about it, that's not even a scratch in the surface. It's a small amount. So instead of looking at people with a lot of jealousy and angst, try to look at people and think, do you know what? If they're doing well, let's all do it together. So if we all raise awareness of things like creating beautiful smiles, ethically, minimally non-invasive, that will raise awareness. More people will come, ask the dentist, and we will all win together. And that's the same in all walks of life. So whether you're going to the gym and you're lifting and you're a bodybuilder and you wanted to compete, if you are working with other bodybuilders, professionals, or whether you are a doctor or whether you're a dentist or an architect, work with people within your professions and work with people that are like-minded in other professions and we can all win together. That's the biggest thing that I've learned. Absolutely. What a great way to finish. Amazing. Afan, thank you so much You've for your awesome. time. I'm a fan. So amazing. You are a fan. That's good. I'm going to be following <laughs> you on. I'm going to follow you on Instagram as soon as we finish. Yeah. As, soon as, as soon as Rob's following, my Instagram's going to take the next level. It, ah! is, it is. I'm going to shout this out, and uh, um, I'm going to uh, take a quick pic now, and we'll just post that up as well. Super. Thank you so much, Afan. Amazing to have you on the show. And um, I look forward to seeing you very soon. I feel really honoured, Emma, for you inviting me here. Um, you know, you are a celebrity and I don't think you realise that. <laughs> I am not quite a celebrity. You are, you are. You inspire so many people. <laughs> I'm a fan of hers. <laughs> I'm a fan of Emma's, to be honest. There are so many people that actually come to see me and say, I've been referred by Emma. And they look at you as if you are the person that has changed and transformed their lives. You've given them so much confidence. Um, I've seen so many people that use you for your body coaching work. And they say to me that when I go and see Emma and I leave, I leave feeling confident 
refreshed, energized, and you should be proud of what you're doing for so many people out there as well. Genuinely. Thank you, Afan. Thank you Brilliant. so much. Thank you very much. We'll thank you soon. Thank you. Bye-bye. See you soon. Hi, guys. If you really enjoyed this podcast, please, please leave a positive review. And if there's any topics you want us to cover, drop it in the comments. And if you could share this with your friends, it would really mean so, so much to us. Thank you so much for listening. We can't wait to share the next episode with you. And if you want to know any more about us, you can find us on all social media platforms. Just drop by and say hello.